Welcome to the Seashore Church Message of the Week. This message is designed to bring more of heaven into your world today. For more resources like this, or to learn more about our church, visit seashorechurch.com. For the last, for the last couple of, um, I mean, it's not quite two months, but we've been talking very specifically about prayer and worship. Um, and uh, Clayton just mentioned this is it, but I think, I think we have one or two more. And he's gone, so he's not hearing that. But, but so um, I actually asked these two to come and speak and share from their heart on a couple of things. But it has to do with our worship as um, we are worshippers. So our identity, the core of the believer, is as a worshipper. In Genesis 1.26, um, um, Adam was created in the image of God, right? But in, in the next chapter, in chapter 2, it talks about him being set into the garden, and in the garden, it's like a form of or a type of a temple. And he was set into the garden by God and told, cultivate, work, and, and, then, and then extend the borders of this to increase and bring um, dominion to the other parts of the world. And that's part of our worship as we go about life, as we work, as we serve the Lord, as we allow him to be all in us and we really obey him every day. That is the core part of being a worshipper. And so in a little bit more of the practical side, you see it's not just the songs, but today we're also going to talk about really what it means on the song side and why we sing and why we really give our heart to the Lord um, the way we do. So I've asked these two because you clearly know, you see all the time, these guys um, are worship leaders. And um, it doesn't mean that because they're the worship leaders, they're the only ones that sing songs and know about worship. We all should, right? But, but as worship leaders, they carry something to really be able to give to the church and teach the church and lead the church into higher places in the Lord, even in worship. And so I just love them. And they're brother and sister, by the way, if you didn't know that. Did you know that? And so, and you know what? That's all right. Like this gifting sometimes, well, a lot of the time, really does go through families, right? So it's quite a normal thing. And um, I'm, I'm very grateful for both of you because I worship lead too, right? But um, these guys actually are music skill level far above where mine is. And I'm really okay admitting that. You're like shaking your head. But I actually really admit that in front of you all. And um, I'm, I'm very grateful for both of you and asked you, had it in my heart to ask you. And, and it, there's a couple of reasons. One reason is you started this young. You started um, being involved in worship and giving yourselves to it young, and so, because it's part of your family, your mum and your dad, and you had house church in your, in, in your house. So do you want to talk about maybe what was, one after the other, and what was, what was it that made you go, I'm made for this. I'm made to worship. I'm created to worship. Oh. I'm the older, so I go first. Um, here in four months. Um, we used to joke that I always said it was a year and four months because I thought that sounded longer. Um, older. Now I want to reduce it. <laughs> um, how did we know, how did I know I was made for worship? I mean, it's one of those things that I feel like has always just been part of who we are. I don't know if there was a time that I was like, had this like switch turn or something because it's kind of like, Holy Spirit. I mean, I, I genuinely do not remember not being able to speak in tongues. Like, I, I think at some point when we were maybe two or three, um, we had like a prayed with my parents and got filled with the Spirit, maybe three and four or something like that. But um, I don't remember not being able to do that. So like, I don't remember a time when I did not have a relationship with Jesus. So um, I mean, worship has just always been a part of our family dynamic. We were always singing. We used to live in the mountains. We grew up in Colorado, and we would, like, sit in the back of our station wagon with the seats facing backwards <laughs> and just sing, like, Sound of Music songs and other, you know, other songs and worship songs. And so there was just always music in our house. My grandma's a singer and a songwriter and a worshiper, and um, my parents both play and sing, and so... Um, we always have that. And then we were part of churches that kind of developed or gave us opportunities to play, but were a little more, um, 
traditional where like girls couldn't be worship leaders. So I sang background vocals for like 10 years in a church um, that would never have let me be a worship leader. And so I didn't ever think of that as being an option. Um, And then I got pulled into, I got invited to what I thought was like an artist gathering that I found out was like a intro night for a house of prayer that was starting. And they were like, you sing, you're signed up. And I was like, for what? And they're like, you're going to lead worship. And I was like, I don't do that. Um, so it's really cool. I mean, that was truly where I was developed as a worship leader was I played from 10 to midnight every Friday night for a year in this basement. Um, that, and there were maybe two or three people there. Five was probably the most ever. And I mean, at the beginning, I played like four chords and we had just kind of had this like coming back into, we'd grown up in a really charismatic church and came back. I'm making this a very long answer. And had just kind of come back to Holy Spirit things. So I was playing like Misty Edwards songs from IHOP because that felt like Holy Spirit-ish. And um, yeah, just played my couple chords. I did not play very well and sang and just developed. I had friends that really invested in me and taught me how to sing spontaneous prophetic stuff And then our family kind of started something that I can let you kind of talk about family night if you want, but we started basically like a worship-centric house church um, that went on in our house every Monday night for about eight years. I was there for about five years of it. Um, And when we started, we would go from like, we'd eat dinner together and then go from like 7 to 2 a.m. because we were all college students. And then we kind of reeled it back a little. But that was also a really developmental time of just learning how to lead, working out, leading together, um, learning how to do that stuff, and just kind of making that part of our lifestyle in our house, with our family, with our friends, you know. Um, And it's just kind of evolved from there. Yeah. So, so, So you play guitar, though. You both do. But uh, when did you pick up a guitar? Like, what was it that made you go, I'm going to learn this and I'm going to worship God with it? Well, my dad plays guitar. So originally yeah. he had guitars laying around the house and played as well and played worship. So I started picking it up there, um, you know, from a young age. Nothing real serious, but learning some chords and playing, you know, playing around with it. And then uh, one of the churches that we went to, that was a little bit more traditional, like you said, had a really strong youth I was the only girl on the band. (laughs) But I think, you know, one thing that is kind of stirring about the stories and the question is that, yeah, I mean, I agree. We grew up as Christians, you know, we grew up in a Christian home, and we've never had a time where it wasn't, that wasn't familiar, which is unique, I think. A lot of people don't have that experience. And I think part of that journey has been um, keep, like pursuing keeping worship, like wanting to make sure that it was genuine, you know, yeah, and yeah. not just something that was something we do, you know, or you know, and not get too far away from it either and stray and you know just kind of chase other things. But I think a lot of the songs that I've written um, that I'll share with you guys at some point as well, you'll hear some of those threads throughout of just returning, of just remembering, you know, and constantly fighting for that place of of just wanting to know the Lord, wanting to be intimate with Him, and not just, not doing it because, you know, because we were in ministry or whatever the case. So, I think yeah. you probably have other questions that may lead to it, but, um, you know, it'd be, it'd be cool to share a little bit of that journey, you know, in, in trying to stay close to the Lord's heart, so trying to stay genuine throughout. I think that's a big threat, you know. I mean, I love that. Um... It is, it is rare and beautiful that you did, were raised in a home with mum and dad who really loved the Lord and really did build around their life a life, a cultivate around their life. Prayer and worship is the thing, right? Yeah. I did not. My family were all unbelievers. Um, but I had a guitar in my house and I had a piano in the house and the Lord just started showing me how to play. Wrote songs through me when I didn't know what I was doing. But I started to realise 
I'm just writing love songs to him. And really that's what worship is, right? If you're standing and you're singing a song to the Lord, it is your expressed love to him. So worship, if you think about it, is really we're telling him that we love him. And the more that we do that, the Bible tells us in Romans, um, it's actually chapter 8, verse 27 and 28, talks about when we just really love the Lord, we are changed more into his image. The more we just focus on him and love him and pour our affections out on him, our heart is engaged with who he is and we become like what we worship. So here's one thing that's really key. Old Testament really hammers this. Old New Testament less so, but still is clear from it. We become like what we worship. And God was very, very... um, he spoke a lot through all of the old prophets from the Old Testament the, and, and then into the New Testament where I've just said the verse from Romans. We become like we worship and that's what we worship. That is why God hammered idolatry, both Old and New Testaments. He went after it. He's, the, the thing you'd see in the Israelites' hearts is they would run after idols really quickly. They'd be, there'd be revival and then they'd fall away and just start doing all the things around the nations around about them, which was idolatry and pursuing um, all kinds of false gods. The false gods aren't as obvious in our day today, but they are sometimes the social media, my phone, the devices around me, entertainment, television. Um, sometimes it's me, my own ego, like my children, my spouse, my job, my money, my bank account. All of those things are idolatry that really seek the enemy. He seeks to steal and rob the true worship um, from our hearts that's supposed to be poured out on God, right? And so we created to worship God, the thing that the enemy starts to try and distract and rob from us is that worship. Because if he can take that from God, he, 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 that's, that's the eternal battle, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, or can I make yes. one comment? Also, I think something that can distract us is um, like not wanting to be vulnerable. Yes. Because worship to keep it genuine, like David was saying, because I was thinking something very similar about this morning that I wanted to touch on that, and we can come back to it. But to, in order to keep worship genuine and real and heartfelt, it has to be vulnerable. You are laying your heart out before the Lord, and if you do not allow yourself to go to that place of vulnerability, then you are also, you're kind of, it is a form of idolatry, and I I, almost to like your own strength and self-sufficiency yep. Um, yep. rather than that like total surrender and, and laying yourself out. And so I think that's another thing that can keep us from that. Because, and it is, she just said it's, it's like a type of idolatry. It really is. And here's the reason why is we were created to worship God. And if our affections and heart are going other directions other than that, those things become the idol in our life. And there can be thousands of different things that the enemy would throw in, in there. Um, but we, we become like what we worship. We were created to worship God, to become like Jesus, to become like God, right? And so when our affections and heart go somewhere else, it's leading us on a path away from God. Hardening of our hearts happens. Mm-hmm. The, um, this, is what, this is why... So I've asked these guys to talk about this today so that you understand from their perspective as from young children, mine is from a young child too, from a young child you just fall in love with the Lord and what that then looks like through the course of your life and um, the, the role of worship in the life of the believer is, is it's the highest thing that we're called to do and so you don't have to do it on a stage but you just sitting yourself with the Lord is, is mm, yeah. you building that yeah. relationship with him and you pouring your love out on his feet is yeah. the thing um, and so I think uh, you mentioned you were going to do a song or, or share a song. Yeah. Do you want to? Yeah, definitely. Do you want to? Well, yeah, and I, I, I do. Because um, when Romy asked me to share about this topic, it's funny because a lot of things came to my mind. And it was interesting. I had some conversations with my lovely wife, Alicia. And it's... <laughs> please stand up. No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> But it's an interesting topic for me because I felt like I didn't want to share, actually, and I, and I had to question why, uh, which is, might sound funny. And I figured I would just share this with you, you know, the, the, this, this process, right? Um, but, I, I, you know, I was questioning, like, you know, why? And I'm like, well, I don't have that much to say about it necessarily. It's not something that I'm, I have, like, a huge 
power-packed whole set of theological points to like run through because I'm thinking, okay, well, you know, I'm going to answer these questions about worship and now I got to go like dig in and make sure that they're all the right answers and all that's like where my mind's going. And I'm like, dude, I just want to like, I just love to worship, you know, like just give me a guitar, <laughs> you know, <laughs> let's just go there, you know, and then, but I wanted to think about it. She's like, well, that's not really, you don't just do it. Like, come on, you know, let's think about this a little bit. And you know what, it's really interesting because I'm a super intellectual, super driven person in, in my everyday life, you know, like where I'll just get locked into something and go for it and just pour myself into it at sometimes the detriment of everything else going on. And it's funny because worship has been this thread through my life. It's the literally like single one area of my life that I can just be emotional, you know, and just be connected emotionally to the Lord and, and to my wife, you know, and we, like the more I'm in worship, the more I'm connected that way and have that intimacy and the more I'm out of it, then it's the opposite. And I just kind of harden up and, it's funny because I don't, and I, I need to work on this, but, you know, I don't have a great way to consciously process some of that, um, working on that, you know, but, but worship has been a place that I could always go to and, and feel, you know, and feel that connection with the Lord, which is why a lot of you kn know me on some level, maybe even perceive me um, as being emotionally connected person, which is funny because mostly you see me leading worship, you know, and that's like the one area, right? But if you know me throughout the day. I'm pretty driven, pretty like, let's go, let's get to the point, let's get things done. And so working on balance, you know, working on that. But it's just interesting to kind of realize that and acknowledge that. And I'm grateful for the place of worship, that the gift that God's given to me, you know, and of that, of that place I could go to and just connect and open up and, and, and like cut through all the whatever's going on, you know, and just cut right through and know him and just feel him be and be intimate with him, you know? And so well, I, I thought I'd share at least just pick one of my songs and, and just share it with you because um, it just tells a little snippet of that. A lot of times I'll end up writing a song after a season where it's like things happen, I'm going through things, and then I just finally realize, like, man, I'm kind of disconnected from that place. And so quite a few of my songs come back to that. You know, I'll end up just kind of spending time with the Lord, reconnecting and end up producing, you know, a song comes out of it where I'm like, all right, this is like a journal entry really and of like a reconnection with the Lord. So when I, um, yeah, no, I'm happy to, oh, should I just grab this? Um, but maybe you got, maybe I'll set that up if you have any other thoughts um, you want to roll into and we can yeah. kind of flow into it. You go. Um, no, it, it is just interesting to think about. I was even thinking about it this morning. You know, I think even in like prep for leading worship, right? Like there's a lot of different stuff that can go into it. But for me, what I try to come down to is like, you know, always asking like, Holy Spirit, what songs do you want to hear? Like yeah. what songs yeah. is heaven yeah. singing? Yeah. You know, like how can we, cause we're seated in heavenly places with Christ, right? So like we're there and here at the same time. So we're just joining into the worship that's happening around the throne. What are you guys singing? <laughs> Maybe we can sing that. Um, but then from there, and usually for me, it's like a theme where he's like, I want to talk about hope or I want to talk about healing or I want to, you know, like that's kind of how I receive it. And then I'll look at what songs speak to that theme that are resonating with me. And like, if I'm not feeling a song or connected to it really emotionally, I'm not going to lead it because it's very hard for me to engage in worship with stuff that I'm, that isn't moving me. And, um, even in that, like I try to take a very intentional approach to think about, like we're singing, you know, Waymaker, that song really moved me today and thinking about the different things that are happening in my life and my world that are weighing on me that I'm like, where during the week or in the moments when I'm not in worship, maybe I'm questioning like, are you doing anything with this stuff? Like, what's going, are you paying attention over here? Um, you know, and I will like, I, I'm a very visual person. So I'm singing and playing and doing this stuff. And in my mind, I'm like, almost like pulling those things into the moment. Like if there's a little circle in front of me and this is like the altar of worship I'm building with Jesus, I'm like actively grabbing these things in my life that testify against what I'm singing 
and putting those on the altar and making those things the sacrifice where I'm like, over this, you're working. Over this, you're moving. Over this, you're doing. Even if I don't see it, this is where you're moving. And like, that's how I can then emotionally connect, right? Because it's true for me in my life. And I think it's really easy with songs like that that are really familiar. And I mean, when you've been playing and singing forever, there's a lot of songs that are really familiar, right? And so like, with songs that are really familiar, it's so easy to just be like, oh, we know this one, like, way, way, um, but like, we gotta think about what we're singing, you know? Like when I'm writing songs, and David's and Romy are, I think, the same way with this, I'm extremely intentional with the words that I use in these songs. And I'm like dedicated to like, what is the idea? You know, Heartbeats is like totally dedicated to this idea that like God is here and how do we respond? And what happens to me when I'm encountering his presence? Like, how does it affect me? And how do I then respond back to him in that kind of ebb and flow? And so like the lyrics of these songs are kind of like written prayers, you know, that we can bring as this like meditation where we're like bringing, and that's what a lot of the Psalms were too, where they talk about almost like chewing, a, like a cow chewing its cud, where you just like are meditating on this idea. And then, you know, you sing this chorus like Waymaker, and you're like, yeah, you're meditating on it. And then you sing a verse, and it kind of catches a different idea, and you come back to Waymaker, and you see it in a new light, right? And like, that's kind of how these songs are designed to be. And so mm. keeping our hearts like super engaged to me, it has everything to do with like looking at my life. What is trying to speak against what I'm singing and then how do I use that as the sacrifice to then, you know, look back at the Lord as like the testimony of his goodness over this stuff. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. I I actually really love that. Um, I didn't know this when I was really young, but I was 16 and 15 years old and listening to Keith Green, if everybody remembers Mm -hmm. like those kinds of songs because it was that, that decade. And, but I was singing songs over myself and I didn't know I was doing this and this is how great this is, right? I didn't know I was doing this but as I'm singing these songs over myself, one lyric is, I pledge my head to heaven for the gospel. I sung that song mm. and I'm 15 years old and literally that's become what I've living my life mm. doing. Yeah. And you are creating the world that you live in by the words that you say and sing. And so that's what a lot of when we worship and give voice to the things that, that we're declaring over our lives become the reality. And so that's why it's really important. It's really very, um, it's not something that we can set aside or think is very small or insignificant. What we say and sing really creates because yeah. God himself created with his word and we're created in his image with the same creative ability and the Holy Spirit in us brings into our lives, the things that we say and do. And if it's if things that are negative, we can reap that too. We've got to be careful what we say and sing, right? And so and make sure then intentionally we're singing God's words, singing God's glory, singing of his testimony. Yeah. Right? So all right, David, do you wanna mm. Yeah, sure. take it away? You finally get to hear one of David's songs. Yeah, figure so it Let's try it. Sweet. Just had to pick one. <laughs> you can sing harmony on it. Yeah. Sometimes I forget how much you've really done, how you've opened my heart. In all the battles we fought Sometimes I forget How much you've really done in me How you've opened my heart In all the battles we've won Where would I be without your mercy where would i be without your love where would i be without your kindness shown to me where would i be without 
your mercy Where would I be without your love? Where would I be without your kindness shown to me? Oh, where would I be without your mercy? Where would I be without your love? Your kindness shown to me. Cause you rescue me, you set my feet on a rock, and a new song I'll sing. You rescue me, you set my feet on a rock. And a new song I'll sing Cause you rescue me You set my feet on a rock And a new song I'll sing Cause you rescue me You set my feet on a rock And a new song I'll sing Where would I be without your mercy? Where would I be without your love? Where would I be without your kindness always shown to me? Oh, I'm singing, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for your mercy. And thank you, thank you for your love. Thank you, thank you, thank you for your kindness. Thank you, thank you, God. I'm singing, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for your mercy. And thank you for your love. Thank you for your love and for your kindness. Thank you, thank you, thank you for your kindness. Thank you, thank you, God. Where would I be without your mercy? Where would I be without your love? Where would I be without your kindness always shown to me? One more time, where would I be? Where would I be without your mercy, your love? Where would I be without your It's funny, right? Like you're just worshipping and then people clap. You're like, well, that's not what it's about. <laughs> but it is But it is great appreciation for the gift, right? So I get it. I get it. I'm not saying don't. Um, you know, I, I find it um, mentioned earlier when we started here that worship, when we sing and what we're singing, the words, it is a love song, right? And it's gratitude. That's, that one is of just of great gratitude. Mm-hmm. And um, there's different seasons and processes that you might go through as you're writing songs. But that's true of all of you here too, right? It's just, you might not, you, you might, I can't write a song. I don't play guitar. I don't even sing like that. That's okay, right? In a human context. But before the Lord, mm-hmm. he just goes, just sing to me. Just give me your worship. Mm-hmm. Just tell me how grateful you are. Because when we do, he actually pours out and matches. There's a reciprocating thing that happens yeah. and he comes in a greater way and will make himself known to you in a greater way. I find, I find um, for people, very generally, one of the reasons that they might not worship or might not feel comfortable sitting with the Lord and just worshipping is boredom. We haven't learnt to just sit with him and give or just sit with him and wait 
like wait. And it's boredom. So in our culture, we can turn to all the devices or whatever it else it is, entertainment, right? And so bored. I'm bored. I'm bored. I don't want to do this. I'll go and put on the TV or scroll something on my phone, right? The boredom. But think about this. It's a confession of you don't know the one who created the earth and the world and the sun and the moon and the stars. You have not yet allowed him to be all. The confession of boredom is... You've minimized the Lord God, and he has created everything, yeah. including yourself, me. He's created me, and, he, and the heart that beats in me, and the lungs that inspire and expire and don't stop until I do stop at the end of my life, right? That, that, that we can't, there's got to be sometimes some repentance for that. I'm sorry. You know, I won't go through the motions anymore when I sing the songs that maybe are not my favorite I'm, I repent for just allowing myself to go through the motions of, of singing that song and waiting, waiting for the one that I really like that I can give my voice to, right? The, the, sometimes there's got to be that repentance of, Lord, I'm sorry that I minimized. I'm sorry that I hindered my own relationship with you because I minimized and I wouldn't allow you to be all, right? Um, I don't know. What do you – do you have you – have, do you have – you've written a lot of songs, both of you. I have too, but it's the – do you have something you want to talk about, some of the process of when you sit and just begin to write? Is it music that you're playing on the guitar or is it just words that start to flow from your heart that's worship? Do you have... Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, but can I, can I yes. mention something yes. off, off of what you were yes. sharing as well? I, I feel like I love the, you know, that point of keeping it genuine, even for me in terms of worshipping through the day. I like to find those moments, whether I'm just whatever, you know, taking a shower, doing whatever, just yeah. doing mundane things, and just find those moments to raise my hands and, and just declare and sing, you know, whatever, like nothing fancy, but like you said, you know, just kind of, maybe I read the Psalm of the day or something and have, you know, something to just say back to the Lord. And I love that, you know, because I definitely do that too, uh, more, a lot, you know, definitely more often than trying to like write a whole full-fledged yeah. beautiful song, yeah. you know, I, I yeah. It's yeah. The um, the um, even you just mentioned the mundane. Doing the dishes is often where I just sing or pray in tongues. So like, do it everywhere, right? Doing the dishes, doing the laundry, yeah. <laughs> invite him into the, all of those moments because he makes the ex- the ordinary very extraordinary by his presence being there, and you acknowledging his presence helps you into sensing it more, and you you grow closer that way. So, yeah, or like driving. A lot too right. for me driving. I think one thing because I want to hear your thought. Um, I think going sticking with that idea of like being genuine and having a lot to do with allowing your heart to be moved. And I think um, even like if you're reading the Psalm of the Day or something like that, I feel like sometimes we think we need this like big grand revelation that's like earth shattering or something to like have something to take away, but it can be like the tiniest thing that just, you feel it kind of like impact you. And those are the things that you should stop on and grab hold of. That's the like Rama word, right? The like now breathed on word of God where he's like, for you this morning, I picked this, you know? And uh, like we saw a little bit of the sunrise when we were driving in this morning. And then I was reading that Psalm um, while I was going to the bathroom before worship, <laughs> I'm like finding a psalm. I'm like, what psalm should I read in worship? Sometimes I'm super prepared. Sometimes I'm just like five minutes before, I'm looking for what I feel like the Lord is saying, and I'm reading that psalm, and it said, like, your brightness is like the sunrise. And I was like, oh, I saw that this morning on my way here. And it connects, you know? And I wasn't like doing anything fancy. It just is that one thought that kind of grabs you and you it resonates with you and you think about it and you kind of I almost picture it like our bodies are kind of like these containers right and in my visual world it's like words or songs or things sometimes like bounce around it's like I feel them bouncing around inside my body you know and like right now like I'm still feeling really like moved from what we did this morning and then what we were doing just now and there's no reason to stop that Right? Like, I think sometimes we're like, worship's done now. Shut down the emotional whatever's happening because it makes me uncomfortable to be talking and have something going on, you know? 
But like, that's, that's the stuff. Like, that's where we're really genuinely connecting with the Lord is when we're allowing him to make us uncomfortable, make us feel vulnerable, move our hearts with things, whether it's a psalm right, right, right. or a lyric, you know, or just a prophetic word someone gives. Um, those are the moments that we really need to lean into because that's where the wells are, are dug, you know, inside of us that we can draw on when we're not feeling it. You know, because you don't have to be feeling, you're not going to feel it all the time. I don't feel it all the time. But I dig these wells with the Lord by leaning into these moments. And then in the times when I don't feel it, I drink from that well. Does that make sense? And you have to dig it for yourself. Like we know, Romy has a deep well, right? Like it comes out, it flows out. But you can't drink from her well. You get a little splash of it when she leaves worship, right? Like we all receive some like refreshing from Romy's well when she leads worship, but you can't depend on that. You have to dig your own well. And, yeah, yeah. and well digging is hard. Have you ever watched someone dig a well? It's a lot of work. <laughs> it's a lot of hard work. So that's, that's I'm going to stop now because that's the thought that's resonating. <laughs> that's awesome. I love it. I love it. Um, what was the question? <laughs> there was no question then. It was just, what do you want to say? What do I want about to say? the song you just sung or anything? Well, I mean, yeah, Romy nailed it. That was just the, the song I played was, like you said, a song of thankfulness. Just be like, man, God's just done so much. I, and I, I can forget, you know, I can just end up not even thinking about it or whatever, you know. And so that was just a moment of setting my heart to that, that gratitude and finding a way to say thank you that expression you know so that's where that one came from but I mean I definitely find it not super easy to to like stay in 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 that all the time I'm probably you know need to work on it more more than some people but just to be real you know that's like like I said my I I tend to just pour myself if I'm like doing you know working um, at my day job I'm like zeroed in on that going 100% at it pretty actively pretty intense with my my whole mind and, and everything and so that's where I get challenged and but that's worship to. too it is worship too because Te- teach from, me our, <laughs> our, our, our cultivating life and so it's not mm-hmm. just the song and and when we're just praying all the mm-hmm. time it's also as we are actively um, obeying the Lord and mm-hmm. and in the fields that he sent us yeah. into work the Old Testament words I've got some of the Old Testament words for cultivate as you are working, you are worshipping, and your work is worship. And so as you're cultivating, you're bringing the kingdom with you, and you're sitting in those places, often with unbelievers, but you're, and you're extending the borders of the kingdom of God because you bring it with you. And so you're cultivating and moving the borders. You know, the violent take the kingdom by force, right? We are... It's not a violence that's brutal and we're not like, you know, causing people to bleed. <laughs> but there are real things that happen as we just go out into our workplaces and give ourselves, because that you're talking about now, the work ethic, having a really good work ethic, that is part of being a very honourable worshipper before the Lord, having a good work ethic and turning up and bringing your best to the workplace. That's part of worship. So Yeah, that's totally. like the doing, yeah. doing everything is unto the Lord. Yeah. I used to be kind of annoyed by that because I feel like it's the type of things that point it away from the speakers that the like Christian parents tell you when they want you to clean your room like you should be doing this as unto the Lord and I'm like the Lord doesn't care if my room is messy you know um, but that's something that's come to mean a lot more to me as an adult where I look at my work because we're both I think wired similarly I'm also like very, you know, intensely focused and dedicated to the work that I do. But like, what am I doing it for at the end of the day? Am I doing it to make money? Am I doing it to, you know, make something for myself? Or am I doing it because I feel like this is what the Lord's called me to right now? And if this is what he's put in front of me, I'm going to do it with all like the best that I can bring, because that's what Jesus deserves. Like, he deserves the best that we can bring. And so like the offering of the first fruits. And so that to me is kind of how that translates is 
mm-hmm. is that I remember when I worked at Starbucks, this lady came up to me really enthusiastically and was like, I've been praying for God to send missionaries into Starbucks and you're there and every t- cup you touch is getting the presence of Jesus on it and miracle. And I'm like, that is not what it's like when you work there. Like, <laughs> this is difficult and like you're stinky and you get coffee and syrup all over you and people are grouchy and mean and I was like, you don't know what you're talking about. I was like literally kind of offended. I was like, you're over-spiritualizing something that is not spiritual. Like, this is hard work. And then I went there and I was thinking about it as I'm like making a drink every 30 seconds. And I was like, well, what would this be like if I were doing, like if every single drink was one I was giving to Jesus, how would I make that drink? And not in a religious way, but in a heart way. Like, oh, like... Jesus, if this drink was for you, I hope you would enjoy it, you know? And it just brought Jesus into my work, where then I'm, like, flying through, and it's busy, and I don't have time to think about stuff, but every once in a while, I have this thought of, like, I'm making this drink for Jesus. And then I can give to the person and be like, bless you, grouchy person. Um, (laughs) Miracles on you. You need some. Um, But it did. Then I started doing that, that that lady was praying for, you know, because I, it like woke me up that like Jesus was in that with me. That's good. Yeah, totally. And I think it's just uh, remembering, you know, and like uh, being conscious of that and practicing that. Right. And also, I think for me, like I've I've learned and, and I share, hopefully, you know, some people may resonate with how we're each different, you know, so in, in this, but you know, I think if I'm working hard and I can, you know, spend time with the family and just play hard and then I think, you know, and worship hard, you know, if I can do, pour myself into those things, I have a good rhythm, you know, and, and they feed into each other where, you know, if I've been able to really go deep with the Lord and worship and I'm, I'm investing in that, then that carries through. And, you know, I feel that resonating through the week, you know, if I've, if I've really spent some time with the Lord and dug that well. You know, and, and if one of those is missing, then I start to drift and I have to ask, you know, and maybe the Lord, I love, um, you know, Clayton's messages about the garden where God comes to walk with Adam and be intimate. And then sometimes he's like, Adam, where are you? <laughs> I'm right here. I'm here to, you know, and that definitely happens to me. So <laughs> me and Adam, <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, and so with that, actually, I was reading the the revelations, the, the letter where he says, you, you've, the one thing I have against you, you've you know, forgotten the love that you had at first. And he says, repent, <clears throat> um, do the things you did at first. This is interesting, but he says, remember, and he says, remember the place from which you have fallen. And I thought, I've always thought of that as kind of a negative, you know, <laughs> and, and, and yet he's saying like, you had a love at first. You had a, something, an intimacy. Like, imagine walking in the garden as that picture. And then he's like, remember that place from which you have fallen. Remember the intimacy. Rem- like, remember that, you know? And, and then, like, repent, turn, and do the things that you did, that we did together, really, you know, at first. And so I find that to be more inviting when I read that. Um, but... Yeah, that's good. And I, I have a short song I could share on that. Um, if you know, well, and to answer your question too, like um, I do end up getting melodies a lot of times with the guitar um, that end up, like I play them over and over, and everyone's different on this one too, but I'll play them, and the Lord will be speaking something to me. And I kind of search for what theme and what heart behind like the, the music. Like I match it backwards like that until it makes sense, until it resonates. And I, one of those was off of that, that passage on remembering the love. Because like I said, that's kind of my journey constantly of having to remember. So, because I, I forget. But, because I had this... Um, um, it's a few years old. Going back, yeah. I remember the love that I had at first. How you covered me when I was at my worst. I'm tired of running away from all that you aren't and letting my pain overshadow my heart. I'm coming back. To you, cause only you can fulfill my desire. 
I didn't know either of those two songs before you sung them today. They're just really beautiful. So I'm so excited actually because it's just like you both are just real gifts that God just set into the church. And I just honour both of you, honour the gift in you, but honour you as the person, right? And, um, and by the way, when you honour someone else, just very generally, this is, a, this is a real thing, it's scriptural. Like when you honour that other person, no matter who they are or what's on their life, you become a beneficiary of the gift in them and their anointing starts to rub off on you. That's a true thing, right? That's, it's, a, it's a true thing. And so the more we just decide in our hearts, I'm just going to honour all of the people around about me, the more we raise the anointing level in our church as a corporate anointing that is just multiplied in this place when we do that. And um, so if you're not like very good at business, but you start to just really honour that in the other person and understand that they're a gift into your life and you can learn from them, you become the beneficiary of their gift. And it's yeah. true of anything Anyway, yeah. we, we actually, we're really out of time. And it's a bit disappointing. I feel like we could keep going. but um, Sad. You know, and so it's almost 12. We do want to let people go. But I want to do this. I really want to pray just on the last the lyric yeah. of that song is, um, it's, I only want to do this for you. Can you tell yeah, me? I'm not, I'm not in this for the eyes of others. I just want to be with you. You're my lover. Yeah, and so when none of us, like we're worshippers, and you know if you've been here long enough or even just a couple of weeks, you know this is nothing we do here is performance. Everything that we're doing here is straight up like worship, and um, we, I, I promise that it will be always, that will be how we operate is because um, church can never be performance, and church, like it doesn't matter if you're a person holding the microphone or someone sitting back in one of the chairs, like you give yourself, you give your heart, and you put it into the place here and give Give it to the Lord, really, right? We're doing this for the Lord. And so really, if you want to play a little bit under this, I'm just going to pray really over our hearts. You know what? I'll even ask you just to stand to your feet because just as the decision of your heart to say, yes, I am for you, Jesus. I'm giving you, Jesus, everything, pouring out everything, holding nothing back. And so, um, Jesus, we do, we do just commit our lives and dedicate our hearts again because we do it again and again and again, right? Um, Jesus, we love you with everything we are. I pray over our community, these people here, that we would be falling more in love with you every single day, that the, that the well in our own heart would be dug deeper, daily deeper, that as we just decide with our life, 
we get up every day and breathe that fresh new air in that first breath in the morning that we just wake up and go, I get to do another day with you again and help me again. I want to love you more again. I pray, Lord, that we would go deeper. I pray that the passion level in our heart for you would rise, that there'd be just literally our lives would be on fire with hot, passionate love poured out, that you'd burn in our hearts and, and that love for you would just continually rise off our heart. Our hearts are an altar and I pray that the love from our heart would continually rise for you. That is the sacrifice of praise, often in the hard times, but even in the easy times, that we would non-stop just worship you and that that is a sweet aroma to you, Jesus. All of our worship and all of our obedience, which is a life of worship. When we live obedient, it's a life of worship. I pray as we walk around life that that sweet aroma off our heart, that altar, that place in our heart would rise to you and bless you and honour you and bring great glory to you. But I thank you also because I know that when it does, you reciprocate and you pour down, you open heaven over our life in a bigger way and you pour yourself out in a bigger way into our life. And that, God, is what we need to change our cities and the nation. God, I pray just get on us and leak out of us. Yeah. Yeah, we do love you, Jesus. We do just love you, Jesus. Do you want to just sing that a little bit again? Just to close, yeah. Because only you can fulfill my desire. Everything that you are is what I'm after. I'm not in this for the eyes of others. You can sing it with us. I'm not in this for the eyes of others. I just want to be with you, you're my lover, Jesus, you're my lover, lift your voice to heaven, you Thank you for joining us today. For more resources like this or to find information about our weekly services, visit seashorechurch.com.